McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Poppy fans and welcome to PO Forecast episode 60. Well it was a well thought out win against Wimbledon. Well it was three points and we'll take that. Joining me today, back on the podcast and for those of you who used to listen to the podcast back in the day, returning is Matt in my living room. Matt how are you mate? I'm great mate, thanks for having us back. It's good to be back eventually. Yeah, well, you spent a lot of time on holiday, Digger World, was it, or whatever went on? Yeah. (laughs) Last year or whatever? You know I was a fan last year, yeah. I just, I had to go back for a long time this time. That's it, mate. Well, it's great to have you back on the show. Um, So, coming up, first of all, we're going to go and review the AFC Wimbledon game. Following that, and thanks again for everyone for tweeting in and messaging us. Um, Yeah, it was really appreciated. And we asked you guys, what did you think about the plans for the Milton end? Do you actually think it's going to happen? And following on from that, we're going to go in and preview the game against the juggernauts of League One, Bolton. <laughs> That's it. Matt, let's get into it. Me and you were sat together in the back of the Fratton end. Um, it was quite a... It was one of those games, wasn't it? What did you think about the game? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of an odd atmosphere. We both picked up on that. Um, I think once we sort of kind of had that first effort in in a sort of five minutes where we sort of gave, tested their keeper a bit. It sort of picked up a little bit and, and I think we started pressing in a bit more. I don't think the, the turnaround helped, to be honest with you. Um, I think that was a bit of a bonus for AFC Wimbledon. So I think that sort of started the game off quite quietly. But yeah, I mean, the one, once we started getting into the game and, and started creating some chances, I think it picked up a bit. And, and actually, the first half was a really, really good performance, in my opinion. No, I was about to say, mate, I was about to say, the first half, I was actually quite amazed by the fact we were actually playing some sort of little one-touch football, it was pass and move, you had sort of Seddon overlapping on the left-hand side, like beautifully of Curtis. Yeah. We're yeah. doing that sort of thing that I think a lot of Pompey fans have been crying out for at the moment, which is just a little bit of rotation, keep the ball, you know, try and open the opposition up. Yeah. Um, and we went, we went in 1-0 up, didn't we? And I thought, you know, we look like a new team here. This is, this is a team that, you know, everyone can get behind. Um, what yeah. did you think of the first goal? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it was well worked. I mean... Raggett won that tackle on the edge of the box and, and balled it out a little bit before playing it off to Cannon, who, who just made that run and having Harness one side, Harrison the other, it, it just sort of opened up, didn't it, really? And mm. you could almost just, as long as Cannon was going to make that pass, you know, it, it was going to be a goal. You could just sort of see it happening, really, before before it even did. So it was a really positive bit of football and, and it was, you know, we, we I think we spoke just before that and said that it, it was quite open down that middle. 
Um, and I think Harness was getting quite isolated out on the right. We'll talk about that sort of a little bit later, but there was obviously a reason for that as well, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a well-worked first goal. No, it was indeed. And I think we were talking before on the last podcast, Matt, about how the fact that Wimbledon played that three at the back and how there would be space in behind them yeah. if we can get past the, the sort of wing-backs that they're playing. Um, you spotted a bit of space down the middle. And they play these sort of quite imposing sort of chunky centre-backs, don't they? They do, yeah. So lumping yeah. it up. And anyone who went to watch the game um, at AFC Wimbledon would have seen that lumping the ball forward against those big oafs is not going to help. But Marcus Harness, with the sort of technical ability he has in the ball, Andy Cannon running at them, yeah. that's that's what opened them up, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cannon's uh, he, he's such a positive player for me. You know, positive defensively and positive, if that makes sense. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's so positive working back and getting the ball all the time, but he, he brings it forward so positively as well. And he's just sort of felt, you know, at that point when when he sort of picked that ball up, he was going to do something with it. And and that was good to see. We sort of haven't, or I haven't personally sort of felt that, you know, as much this season that we've, we've done things like that, you know, and the positivity of having the wingers following up as well, you know, it was really good to see. No, it was. And I think the thing is, I suppose with um, Andy Cannon as well, what I liked about it, obviously it was a great pass from Sean Raggett, who um, has got the uh, absolute, uh, what would I say, the plaudits. So he's been congratulated on his performance. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, and then when you had Andy Cannon, what he did, which is what an actual number 10 really has to do. Um, and it just shows how he's fitted into that position is he waited and waited and waited for the pass for harness until the, the defender went to go commit to him. And then it was a perfectly timed pass it through to Marcus it. harness yeah. who absolutely buried it. Did, and yeah. if he can get, back on that form and we've started to see him picking up momentum if he can start getting back on that form and scoring those sort of goals mm. that's that's what we need isn't it to get on this promotion push oh definitely definitely and you know as we as we said earlier the the performance generally in the first half you know it, it was a different team it you know there was a, a moment between Naylor Seddon and Curtis where they must have you know Touched the ball about twelve times, but only one touch each. You know, it was it was brilliant to to see. So yeah, I mean, uh, it, the second half obviously was a completely different story to begin with. You know, and I don't know what you sort of thought went on. You know, with that second half performance, personally, really. No, it went tits up, didn't it, mate? To put it up, you know, we, we looked like we came out. Obviously, I'm guessing they got a bit of a drumming in the deck dressing room for literally not being able to get their foot on the ball. I'm guessing the manager came in and said, look, you guys need to sort this out a little bit. But that's no excuse, really, because Pompey came out absolutely flat. Yeah. I don't know if they just let their foot off the gas a little bit, thought, you know, they were dominating the game. Maybe they thought it was a bit, it would be an easy one. You know, if they got a second goal, I think they would have killed it off in the first half. Oh, easily, definitely. I, I think I think that second half would have been a, a, almost a, even a game of keep ball, to be honest with you, or if not, it might have opened up a bit more for, for another couple. Yeah, no, there's been, there has been a lack of goals this season. Um, yeah, no, there, has, there, there has been a lack of goals this season, but it's it's that finishing, isn't it? It's putting those teams yeah. to the sword. It's that clinic, taking advantage while you're actually on top. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the, obviously there was... You know, a lot, a lot of opportunities in the first half to to score. You know, a, a second, if not possibly even a third. You know, there was it was very open once we we started pressing them into into the back. You know, but to to come out like that, and and I I would hope to not think that they've got that mentality that they came out and the game was won. And they needed to knock the ball around, and eventually a second would would open up for them. 
I mean, if that if that's the mentality they're going out with, then you know, there's no reason, you know, for for I'm not trying to understand why we've we've had a really sort of poor and slow start to the season. You know, you need you need to go out with that same velocity. We could have killed the game off by fifty minutes, you know, and and then unfortunately, you know, I I I saw that goal happening the moment that ball broke out into that corner. I I could just see it happening. You know, you could see Raggett was pulled over why he was going out there when James Bolton was massively out of position wasn't he he, was, yeah. he had an absolutely poor game in my opinion shocking absolutely and awful game do you know what the one thing I, I you know personally despise to say but fair play to Jacket this time he, he did the substitutions perfectly yeah. right time right substitutions for me alright Hansrup sorry um, looked a bit eesh. A bit off the pace, off didn't the he? Pace, yeah, yeah back know, from injury. Into a, a couple of misplaced passes. The ball, he missed the ball out a couple of times as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, it it couldn't have been any worse than what Bolton was doing. And I think the main change really was was bringing Marquis on at that time as well. I think it, it it was sort of the ball. We started playing the ball back out to the left again. Yeah, you know, Curtis was flying balls in with his left foot as well as his right, which you know again was really good to see him doing that. No, we'll come to that. I think we'll just we'll just stop there for a second because Houndstrip was he struggled a little bit at right back. Yeah, but as we said, that was one of those things that you come back from injury, you're thrown in. He you know needed a bit of time. Luckily though, I think as you said, he couldn't have played worse than Bolton. But let's just go on to the next substitution because. Bringing on John Marquis really changed the game, didn't it? It did, yeah. Because yeah. I, I actually was a pretty anti the, the change when he first did it at, at some point in my head because Andy Cannon was playing really well. He, he, set, up, he set up the first goal. Um, he, he looked like he was playing well. It was a pretty positive substitution in some ways, though, wasn't it? Bringing on John Marquis. Definitely. And, you know, he, it was almost we brought on a second striker. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, there was a couple of occasions where he, the ball fell to him on the edge of the box and... You just felt he was a lot more positive than he has been a lot this season. He sort of had that aura about Is that, that confidence? confidence. Yeah, you know, coming off the back of, of three goals in, what, two games, you know, he he just looked a, a, a slightly different player to me. And I think Wimbledon sort of felt that a little bit, you know, and, and the run that he made, uh, you know, was brilliant for, for the goal. And, and the cleverness of not feeling like he had to put a lot of, you know, power onto that header he just guided yeah. it in you know and, and that's the sign of a player that's got a bit of confidence about him so yeah really impressed with him really impressed it, it, just that performance you know I won't jump ahead of myself but if he can carry that on then it, it's going to be a great end to the season yeah because we're talking about John Marcus for the show weren't we we were just saying that yeah, he's obviously a natural number nine isn't he not a number ten yeah. he's playing in this role but he was saying to um to the ever animated Johnny Moore, that that he was still learning to play that number ten position. It was something that obviously, you know, he sees himself as a number nine, and quite rightfully, he's made his career as a number nine and stuff. But you can see now that he's got that role, and as he, he said, there's many ways to play that position. Yes, of course. And I think is, yeah. that you can see him playing it as he should be, which is as a second striker yeah. who is dropping deep to collect the ball and provide that link-up play. Definitely, yeah, you know, and. I think it, it's it's a good thing as well that you know that him and Harrison are starting to have that little click as well. I think Harrison does a lot for him. He, he opens up a lot of space through the middle because he tends to to drift out wide, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. Not not ultimately a lot, but he sort of makes that diagonal run all the time. Harrison, which opens up that space in the middle for Marquis to just sock it in, and especially again, against think, three at the back. Oh yeah, definitely. And and I think. You know, again, that that's a confidence thing. I think making those types of runs and finding that type of space comes with confidence. So, yeah, as I said, it's a, it's going to be a positive thing if he if he can keep that up. 
Yeah, no, massively. So we'll talk about the second goal now since we're on John Marquis and stuff. And it was a good ball originally, wasn't it? it two, was. well, two Ronan Curtis. Oh yeah, number oh, yeah. one. Do you want to talk us through your thoughts on that, Matt? I just, I mean, absolute perfect ball. You know, and and again, that it was that space down the left hand side. You know, and and what a bit of skill from from Curtis to to you know on that touchline. The footwork was brilliant, and and as I said, I think. You know, to do you, to you earlier, it was he'd he'd put about three balls in before that with his left foot, and I think they felt like he was going to continue to to drive down the line and and fling one over on his left foot, but he, it was sort of came back in for the first time in as in I said about three crosses, and you know he just had that space and and to deliver that ball was just perfect. You know, it was right on on the head. You know, with plenty of pace on it, and and again, Marquise was clever with the finish. So yeah. Uh, but I mean, harness to to get that ball down and and drill that out was was just perfect. Yeah, you know. No, it was great to see. I'm um, talking about running Curtis quickly, Matt. Um, obviously, it's nice to hear that the the news coming out of Alan Nixon at the Sun, which could obviously be a bit suspect anyway, has been proved rubbish. That Blackburn Rovers are going to make a move for Ronan Curtis. I yeah. think everyone's at the club's happy. Uh, Pompey spokesman Marie Curtis. <laughs> yeah, is also pretty happy about it yeah. and also there's a really good article people if you want to go and read it you haven't read it already we've shared it on the Pumping News Now feed but um, just google Ronan Curtis Simon Collins who's the sports editor for the Derry Journal a friend of the show and he literally has written a really good piece on you know on Ronan Curtis where he is now and you know how he's going to push on with Pompey which is you know it's great to hear we've got a player here who knows being at Pompey now is best for his career and you know he wants to push on and let's be honest Blackburn a fucking Timport club, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's another, you know, Jamal Lowe situation if he does it. And exactly. I think maybe possibly seeing how it's worked out for Jamal Lowe is definitely going to be a positive in, in the sense for him, you know. Why why go and jump early with a club that's not really going to be going anywhere or doing anything? Doesn't really have a huge fan base, but, you know, plays in a, quite a big stadium. You know, it, it's, it's just pointless. You know, with Euro 2020 coming up, he's got the playoffs with Ireland. You know, plenty of football, you know, he, he could be playing in that and be a pivotal part. And the form that he's been showing over the past, what, couple of months, just before Christmas, you know, it, it, he's been absolutely top form. You know, and he, he's it's showing in our performances every single week. You know, even that poor, poor, poor performance of Milton Keynes, he still pulled a goal out of the bag. So, you know, it, it's got to be a positive thing for him to, to have to stay and, and not drive for the money really to be honest with you no exactly and I think he's all about his career in that sense isn't he rather than you know um, and he wants to get the team promoted he's, he's a he's a competitive lad yeah and he wants yeah. to succeed yeah of course he internationally does. and at club level yeah uh, I think he was also pretty disappointed when Jamalo left yeah. on Jamalo so anyway just moving past that I was going to go back to the game very quickly and ask about Cameron McGinn uh, making his uh, debut for Pompey yeah um, I would say it was it was a professional debut. It's Definitely. always hard when you yeah. first just get signed as a new player coming into that role. I look forward to to watching his passing range. Actually, yeah, I mean, he, the intention was there every time he got the ball, and apart from a couple that seemed to sort of catch in the wind, you know, he he definitely um, you know has that range to to his passing, and I think you know that once he starts sort of understanding the way we're playing and the runs that have made, you know, that that will come as well. And and I think it would be, I, I said to you, it's a bit more of a classy way than what we were playing sort of earlier last season when, mm-hmm. when we were sort of playing those balls out to, to Lowe and, and to Curtis. 
I think that's going to be a really important way of playing a game sometimes when we're, we're struggling to break teams down. If we've got someone who's got that kind of passing range, they can play a ball over the top into the wingers, it, it can break teams down. So No, exactly. I saw him play that one ball where he pinged it out to Ronan Curtis, who took it down absolutely beautifully on yeah. his foot. And that just shows that having those two players combined. The one thing I'm going to point out, Matt, and this is not on it, this is not on him, this is on, on Kenny Jacket really, is yeah. do we have to play two holding midfielders at home? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Can we not? Yeah. Now we've got McGee in. Can we not just flip it, right? And we play Naylor in front of the defence yeah. in a reverse triangle with Cannon and McGee in, yeah. in a 4 3 3 pushing forward, and you just leave the you leave Curtis out wide, you leave yeah. Harness out wide. All you do is yeah. you basically have one player holding rather than two and two pushing forward. I think you'll find we'll I actually win the ball the team back like a lot. Wimbledon, yeah. I mean, at that, home? That would have, yeah. 100%. And I mean, Cannon's not scared to fight back at all. You know, McGeehan can do it as well. So if it's needed, they can always, you know, come back and defend and help Naylor out, obviously. But a, a game like that, the 90 minutes, for the people that were there and the people seeing it on iPhone or whatever, you know, it, it was obvious that we were the better team. We were the stronger team, you know, and it was there for the taking. They were there for the kill, you know, and it could have easily, you know, with, with a bit more positivity in that kind of formation, with those two driving forward, it could have been a lot more. And, and we need to, to start showing the league a little bit that we're actually out for the kill now and we need to go on that run. No, exactly. And we have got that ability as well now, Matt, to yeah. go on and kill teams off. And yeah. this, is, this is the issue that we if we play, you know, to our potential we actually have got the players we've got the ability oh, yeah. let's go out there let's get a second goal let's get a third goal and let's get teams yeah. actually you know being really frightened against this team because we've got the ability see. it is there to see you know the, the ability is and and the positivity that can you know I, it's just happened you know that we went to to the beater again in the back of the fratten end and again the first half we pressed them in pinned them in it was really positive and then we came out flat again second half and it just seems to be a story at the moment and unfortunately that's not going to get you on a run like Barnsley went on last season and get you out of this league mm -hmm. you know you need to go for the kill and, and and be positive for 90 minutes yeah and and that's you know where it needs to change really for me yeah, I mean, I haven't made a jingle for this, Matt, but let's move on quickly from the game. And let's go um, to see some speculation, I suppose, I'd say. Um, I think we still need a right-back. Yes. It's been put out there. I th people said, some people seem to think James Bolton will do a right-back. I don't, I'm not running that sort of chain of thought, personally. Um, what, I, what I would like to say is we need a new right-back, yeah? Definitely, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying we should go out and get this geezer at all. I'm just saying this is something that might materialise based on... Well, you know what we're hearing. Um, I heard that Millwall basically looking to loan out their right back, Jason McCarthy. He's had a toe injury. Yeah. Bless. Yeah, out for six weeks. Yeah, it? which is quite quite a long time to be out. But um, he's only made a couple of starts for Millwall this season. I think he got fans player of the season last season for Wickham. Yeah. Uh, he played 20 games in the championship for Barnsley. Um, he's only 24. Yeah. Um, obviously Kenny Jackett's got links with Millwall as well I don't know enough about him to say from a scouting basis it's only just came to, to light before we started recording but hey just put it out there might be something that comes to light yeah I mean have a look and, and look up his stats you yeah. know, they're out there I mean he's not scored a lot of goals or a lot of assists but we'll just see I'm not sure he's going to be the Steve Seddon at right back no however you never know um, and let us know if you think about what, um, what you think of him at Pure Forecast. Right, let's get down to this map. The Fratton End is yes. not being redeveloped. Don't get excited, people. It's the Milton End. It is. The Milton End is apparently 
going to be redeveloped. Now, people, I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast now, by now, has seen the renders come in from the world-famous architects who have been involved in the project. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Michelangelo's son himself. Michelangelo's son himself. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, basically, mate, the world-famous architects have managed to come up with some renders, which apparently will show the new Fratton Park. Yep. South Stand. No, Milton End. Milton End. <coughs> so... But there's a reason that you just thought the South Stand, isn't there? There's a reason I thought the South Stand that, and it's just due to the Tudor look, isn't it? The, the is, faux, uh, faux Tudor. Also very slightly Disney-esque for me. It does you, have it? a little bit of a Disney look to it to me. Snow White, Seven Dwarfs, you know, that sort of I do feel like there should the be a little candy floss machine at the bottom of the thing you walk in. <laughs> but jokes aside, I do actually think it looks fairly smart, right? Yeah. I do, yeah. One thing I am one thing I am a bit dumbfounded by really to be honest Matt yeah is the fact that we seem to be still waiting on external parties to agree to expand the train station build the Pompey version of the Millennium Bridge from Fratton <laughs> train station all the way to Fratton Park which is absolutely fucking miles away is, yeah. I mean, how big is that bridge going to be like the Golden Gate Bridge from Fratton <laughs> Station to Fratton Park, like, it seems ridiculous. Well, yeah. And do I mean, we I'm surprised they're not trying to build a big lake and put a steamboat in there to get you to, to the Magic Kingdom at the end. I'd know? like that. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, Matt, yeah, we put this out to the listeners, yeah? Yeah. What do you think? Are you excited by the new plans? Because there is some things to be excited about, isn't there? Yeah, I mean... If it happens. Yeah, this, this is the thing. It... <laughs> We, we need that, like, go ahead, don't we, really, you know, with it. it, it the intent, and if it happens, it, it does, to me, it looks, you know, it looks like a lovely stand, really. I mean, all right, it doesn't look too much different if you're looking at it from Fratton End, but I, I, as I said to you, you know, earlier in the week when we were having a discussion when they were released, the disabled section, for example. Yes, that's you know, important. It's, it's a lot better, a lot, lot better. You know, at the moment in the front end, if it's a windy, rainy day, it's a disgrace, isn't it? it it's not. Yeah, it, it's a it, disgrace. It's, at the just, moment. it's a terrible place to have at the moment. So, to have that installed, you know, I think that's a really, really good thing. You know, the corners rounded off a little bit. I quite like that. Five hundred odd more seats, or whatever. It yeah, is. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, this is just my opinion, but. It's not like the Milton Inn's full every week as it is at the moment anyway. So no. an extra 500 seats, you know, I think it's a good start. And until we can actually possibly maybe buy more property and start actually thinking about going backwards with it and building up, you know, at the moment, I, I think that's that's adequate. So let's put it out to the listeners. And again, thank you again to everyone who's tweeted in because you guys make the show. I appreciate the input as always. And there's been a load, so me and Matt are going to try and work through this. Um... Um, Hutch messaged in, cheers mate, as always, and he says, it doesn't matter if you're happy with it. I said, are you happy with it? Do you think it's going to be built? He said, I'm thinking, will it get built at all? That's why I keep asking. Hope it does, but this is Pompey. Hutch has got a point, hasn't it? Do you remember the Pringle? No. Nope. There was the render of that amazing stand they were going to build in Gumball. Yes, yeah, it looked yeah, like yeah. It looked almost like a big Pringle because of the shape yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Absolute sort of like the Bernabeu or whatever, the new camp of uh, Portsmouth. It was absolutely huge. Should people have faith that this will get built? Because the club has come out straight away and given an excuse list, Mark Catlin, for reasons why it won't be built if other parties aren't involved. <sighs> It's a tough one, isn't it? I think the, the, the problem lies is 
kind of if on the back on the discussion of the Pringle as such, but you know, it's it's been spoke about for so long, you know, and there's been so many times that it's oh, this we've got plans for this, or look at the plans for this, oh we're gonna do this and, and change this and you know, I think it's it's just an ongoing They painted the front and park, you know, the front and toilets though, mate. Well so. yeah, yeah. I mean inside nothing. of the walls and the front end. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is it, this is it, isn't it? You know, they, it's brick by brick. You know, yeah, and and that's that's what I think worries me slightly is that's that's all you tend to hear when anything is spoken about, and or any sort of plan or idea or discussion spoken about is brick by brick, brick by yeah, brick. You yeah, know? even down to the stupid discussion about the Wi-Fi, it was brick by brick. You know, and it's it's just one of those things. I think the intentions there definitely, mm-hmm. and and having some plans out and seeing. You know the design for it. it, it again, it's a, another step forward with that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, you know, this now hearing these, you know, things coming out regarding other parties. It just seems like it's another sort of delay and another excuse and another hold back to to not get it done. Really, mm, prove us wrong, mate. That's what I'm going to say. Well, yeah. So Pompey Benny tweets in, cheers, mate, and he says cheapest option possible and won't get built in a decade. Let alone a month. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's fair enough. I can understand your I can understand your uh, concerns there, mate. Paul Brown messes in. He says, "Looks good. Very much doubt it be built though." Again, Paul yeah. with the same concerns again. Uh, John Head messaged in. Maybe he's got a different opinion, Matt. He said, "Looks like a good start to me. Not overly ambitious, and I expect all the more palatable to the council because of that." Yeah. Might be a bit tricky on the concourse with bad weather, because there's no roof on it, but still an improvement with the old intercash days. From the old intercash days. Fair play, mate. Let's move on. Jerry Jones says, not sure about the open concourse. Wouldn't be much fun in poor weather. No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Let's get the image up in front of you. Yeah, no, no. The standard concourse here. Yeah, yeah. What, the bit behind? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but ultimately, you know... On a, on a bad rainy day, it wouldn't really be my intention to stand out on a concourse anyway. You know, the, the what you don't want to stand out there, look in the alley. No, nah, not really, mate. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how many names that alley got? Look, <laughs> look at look at look at the houses and try and work out which ones poor people tried to <laughs> manage the purchase. Yeah. I mean, I tend to go and watch the football and not stand on the concourse. Really, I mean, I, I mean that. In the like, I've got that one over there. That one's good for sale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get you. You know, you want to go for your burger at half time, but hopefully, you know. If, that, that would have some form of cover or something. Mate, I'll tell you what, since they flipped the um, the home fans and away fans from... So if you're if you're looking from the Fratton end, yep. the, the home fans used to be on the right-hand side and now they're on the yep. left-hand side. That side of the stand is absolutely rubbish, mate. Really? It's just queues and bottlenecks at the top of the... Where the stairs come up to the top and people who sit in the Milton end have said that you can't get out easily. Yeah. They've got these bollards at the end of it. Then you've got the burger place and then the toilets. So you can't get down for a piss at half time because it yeah. takes absolutely ages to Just, get there and it's yeah. full. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous, yeah. So I don't know why the club have done it. Unless, as we suggested, maybe they're taking the away fans away from the rowdy fans in the North Stand who yeah. giving it the big one. Well, after seeing um, Saturday with the Wimbledon fans, it doesn't seem like too much of a right choice. Well, there you go. The South Stand, giving it large. Um, back on track, Kelvin says, get rid of those four pillars at the front of the stand. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Apparently, there's a reason. 
apparently in order, I don't know this, I'm not an architect, yeah? yeah. But apparently some some people are saying that it's because to get rid of the pillars, the, the roof needs to go up and there's no room to go up, apparently right. permission. Okay. Surely there's got to be a way of structuring a roof. I'm pretty sure I've seen like smaller stands, like I think Burton, for example, or Wimbledon's new stand at, at one end. I think that's like even shallower than the Milton end, but it hasn't got four pillars at the front of it. So I'm pretty sure there is a, a way of doing it. If you're an architect and do know the answer to this question, or maybe you just read about it because you love the Milton End development <laughs> at PO Forecast. Um, Michael Saunders comes back. He says it's the cheapest option available to them. An insult to the fans' intelligence trying to make out this is a redevelopment when all it is is putting lipstick on a pig that's lipstick, bizarrely. <laughs> is mo- <laughs> Sorry. Lipstick on a pig. And that lipstick, bizarrely, is a mock Tudor colour. It's an affront of taste. Tacky, cheap, and quite simply awful. The fans deserve so much better than a patch-up of a woeful existing structure that should have been demolished in the Premiership days. Brighton, Scummers, Reading, even Bournemouth have shown more ambition in terms of infrastructure. <laughs> Pompey are getting left behind by tight Torande. <coughs> Excuse me, my throat then. What do you think of Michael's comments? Wow. Um... <laughs> I mean, Bournemouth's a bit of an insult. I mean, <laughs> it's like temporary steating around the whole thing at the moment. But, you know... I know. I feel like I, it's I a sports day at your school. I, I mean, it, the, the comment sums up, I think, everyone's feelings a little bit towards it in a mixture, a, a bit of a pick-a-mix of everyone's sort of individual feelings, really. Yeah. Um, so I suppose it, it might sound worse than, than he's actually genuinely sort of saying. But, yeah, I mean... It, it, it it's the best option I personally at the moment for 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 the space we've got and what yeah. we can do. It, you know, look at it now. It's gonna it's surely gonna look better than that. At least even if it's just tidy up and a, and a few extra seats at the moment. Better disabled area, which I think is really important. You know, if it's a start, it's a start. And and as everyone's always said, you know, ultimately there will come a time when they will be able to push push it back and build up on it and make it look better but it's just it's just a a time of when that's going to happen whether that's five years time or 50 years time eventually one day will happen that's it i'll be telling my kids in the future my grandchildren about that i was there when that corner was put in yeah 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 that's it mate yeah (laughs) anyway going on um matt phillips messaged in cheers again matt he says why you need to buy in from lots of external parties for 500 extra seats and a basic structure placed on the mud embankment circuit from the 1920s is beyond me. The cynic in me certainly feels this is an easier side for them to avoid wanting to spend any real money. It, what I think what he's saying, though, is not that the option isn't good. It's the fact that you put the option forward and then you go, oh, but if British Rail don't build the Wonder Bridge and stuff, you're not, then, you know, we don't have to build it. Yeah, no. I mean, That's what he's saying, I, yeah, I think. No, I, I, yeah, I do we agree, agree with that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going through most of them. We've gone for that. Da, 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 da. Done that, done that. Oh, Finley messaged in a few messages, so let me try and work out where to start. All right, Finley, mate, I'll go for this for you. Uh, the design to bring cons- um, consistency with the South Stand entrance is clearly an element from the eyes of this time um, at Imagineering. No major overhaul, but subtle improvements to match day experience of fans whilst retaining Fratton's traditional design. Clearly leaving the opportunity for further expansion in the future once more property is bought. Interesting, we are using local architects in HGP, in brackets the Spinnaker Tower. We knew this when the South Stand plans were announced. Very much brick by brick. 
Similar to the approach of the Anaheim Angels, lots of small improvements to the stadium appearances and experience. These projects take time, especially for a design firm that isn't as large as the news suggests in a world-renowned. HGP are very good by no doubt. Glad the ISIS are bringing business to the local area and promoting the idea of placemaking through theme design to invoke emotion the match day to, to invoke emotion on the match day experience. The future of Fratton Park looks bright. Yeah, I mean that's almost sums up really what I've kind of said about it and my feelings towards it really. You know, it's it is brick by brick and unfortunately again it's the, the promises of, of how long this is gonna be. But ultimately for, for the meantime, it's an improvement, and that's what matters, really, you know, is, is you want something to at least look at and be a little bit proud of, and at the moment, mm -hmm. you look at it with the cages at the back on the concourse and things like that, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's just a... It, all right, it's an old-school intimidating place to come and look at, but, you know, really, compared to, to the appearance of... As a, and this is, again, what other people have said, the appearance to other places that you go to... You know, it, it isn't great. It's not something that you're proud of. It can still of, be really. that intense experience, though, can't course, it? Exactly. And not look shit, basically. Yeah, of course, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, for, for the time that it remains being in a waiting, do you really want to accommodate them too much? Ultimately not, really. I'm actually up for taking the roof off. Yeah, well, I was, I'm was. i always going for that. Always. So. Let's go back. Now, we're not in the Premier League now. Yeah, Let's take that roof off. No atmosphere. <laughs> That's it. <You laughs> Let's know. know what we should do is build a section in the corner, right, yeah, for, for the disabled fans... Right. right, and we'll put the roof on them there because we need to, you know, help them out. Yeah, yeah. the rest of the away fans, roof off, like sort of like palaces, kind of. Um, so yeah, they've got that section on the corner of the Homestyle and the away end, haven't they? That's like mm. covered with a, nicely roof. covered, nice facilities for sale people. Yeah, yeah. away fans, take the roof off. That's, that's what it, I say. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Fully right, get on board, that. Michael Eisner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that pretty much sums up what most people were saying. So again, thank you everyone for for messaging in. Um, it's much appreciated, and let us know your thoughts on any of our comments at PO Forecast. Matt, there has been a transfer signing. There's been a transfer, Simon. There's been a transfer. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Finally, our Twitter tag campaign has worked, Pompey Twitter. Hashtag Free McGee has helped because Mark Catlin was not going to let him go, but he apparently said after a mad Twitter campaign, yeah. Free McGee, <laughs> ran by <laughs> myself. <laughs> Luke McGee has now been allowed to leave on loan. He's gone on to Bradford for the rest of the season. Uh, Bradford's goalkeeper is injured for, I think it's something like six weeks or something like that. But um, they're in need of a goalkeeper who can step in. Um, apparently they're, they're, they're sort of selling it to their fan bases. This goalkeeper with mass League One experience and stuff. In front of big crowds. In front of big crowds. Which I think they kind of get an all right crowd, don't they, at Bradford? Yeah, I think so they're 13,000 or something. something like yeah. Not bad at all, actually. Um, you know, Bradford are a well-supported club. Yeah. No, well-supported club. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Luke McGee, mate, I'm over the moon for the man. Yeah. I don't is, know. It's tight. He's just, no. you know, killing his career, sat on the bench. We said this on Saturday, didn't we? Yeah. You know, on the way down to the game and... You know, it's it's good for him. It's a positive move. They're they're a team on the promotion charge. You know, and and he's. If you think back to his first season with us, when it was our first season in League One, you know, and, and we had a decent season for a team that come up from League Two, and and he was part of that. So, you know, I think he's he's definitely that standard for for League Two. I think he can definitely help get them up. So I think it's overall it's it's a great move for for them, really. No, massively, mate. Luke McGee 
is going to be magic. Magic Luke Negri, they're going to be saying. He's, yeah. he's the man to get them promoted. Ed and who? Doyle? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need no own Doyle, mate. They're is like, it, Luke McGee. Their season's going to define by McGee, is it? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's how they're going on. He's going to be player of the season. Like that. Like um, that League two is so tight, isn't it, mate? We were looking at it before now. Just quickly off topic, I think Bradford are sixth from 44 points, yeah. which is exactly the same as seventh, yeah. sixth, fifth, fourth, and third. third. Yeah. So if you guys think League one is tight at the moment... Then, then, yeah. Exactly. Know. League two, that is the tightest league out there. It is. It is. And, and you know, the, that that's only going to, you know, make him better as well as a goalkeeper playing in such a competitive league as well. You know, mm. it's that close and exactly. that many teams going for it. It's still January and you, you're talking about, what, three to seven all being on the same amount of points. You know, so it's, it's crucial. And, you know, signing like that for Bradford is going to be a, a big part of their season. So, you know, it's great for him and hopefully he'll get the confidence and maybe come back even better. No, I mean, he's obviously, uh, his contract actually expires at the end of the season. So it basically, what it will do is give him the ability to actually earn another no, contract. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying what he's he going to come back to us, you know. Yeah. We, we were saying, weren't we, Saturday, that, mm-hmm. you know, he deserves that chance to, to get a contract. It's a lot harder when you haven't played football, especially for as long as he hasn't played football now. Mm. You know, it's two straight seasons near enough. Yep. You know. So... Peterborough, one of our promotion rivals, I'd say, up yep. and around us, good squad. We all know that, especially going forward in the forward corps they've got. Obviously, massive blow, losing Marcus Madison. What is interesting now, though, is that they've gone out, and obviously, we know that, um, what's his name, Darren um, McAntony? Mc- yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the chairman of Peterborough, if I've got that wrong. He listens to the podcast, friend of the show, good old Darren, yeah. He's listened to me and Freddie's uh, midfielder scouting episode, yeah. and he's decided, yeah, right, these guys know what they're on about. Let's go and get Sammy Shimonics. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good player as well, isn't he? You know, mm. he? He can score goals as well. So I think in that sense, you know... He's a natural 10 in the way that he yeah, plays yeah. the position that Madison it's, plays. He's a complete replacement, you know, yeah. for, for them and... and it's one of those, isn't it? You, you're sort of like secretly and sort of, well, not even secretly, but just happy that, you know, they've lost Madison. It's like a, a promotion rival have lost a big star and then suddenly they just pull in another another player, you know, of, of the same quality as Madison, really. So in that sense, yeah, gutting for, for, for us because we could really have done someone like him as well. Oh, I was just looking at this, Matt. Yeah. It sounds, that, sounds to me, though, that... Marcus Madison's actually basically come back and said, do one to a load of clubs, never actually signed. Oh, Four really? hours ago, Birmingham City have, I thought it was going to Charlton then, so I've just got mixed up with the Sammy Shamodics coming from Bristol City. Right. Birmingham City have Madison bid accepted as Charlton Athletic hijacked. Birmingham City have had a bid accepted for Marcus Madison. Isn't that, that's well interesting. I mean, the, the funny thing about that is, you know, Lee Bowyer's is going to be delighted as ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's already fuming because um, they had a loan signing from Chelsea. He's had to have been recalled and then been sold to Swansea, who <laughs> were around the same place. Yeah, yeah. I heard that they said that they wanted to send him to a top of the 
table side, basically. Well, like a, a higher end team, yes. yeah, that plays more style of football. Yeah. So he he was drawn away. So I'm sure Bowie is like absolutely delighted at the moment. Well, with Bristol, with Bristol as well. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, and and the thing Birmingham, is, sorry, Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, it's not really, you know, much of a jump, really, is it? To be honest with you, they're quite similar in in stature, I suppose, as a club. They are. They are sort of similar in stature. I suppose Charlton have got new owners as well, haven't they? So when they went out and excuse me, when they went out and made that bid for him, I was thinking, okay, that's a kind of a, that's a kind of we're here sort of bid, isn't it? Yeah. That was a sort of trying to make a statement transfer as well. Yeah. So when it hasn't come off, it must be a little bit sad for them, really. Well, massively. If it, if it doesn't come off, because apparently it's out there still. Yeah, and I think they're, they're riddled with injuries as well, Charlton, so, uh, yeah, not, not We'll see him next league. season then, yeah? Potential. Well, I <laughs> yeah. I hope we, I hope we see him in the championship next season. <laughs> Well, you don't you don't fancy uh, them coming back down again? I don't really fancy League One again, to be honest, mate. Personally, no. no. This is no. We know this is the best seat. This is our best chance at the moment of getting promoted out of this league. It's yeah. so tight. Oxford seems to be going out and signing a few players. Thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. We need to ramp it up and get a new centre back. That's the, yeah. That's the big thing, isn't it? But again, as we said on Saturday, you know, it's a big plus having Jack Watmore back. He made mm-hmm. a reserve appearance against Plymouth in the yeah, week yeah, as well. Yeah, we should talk about that, actually. In, yeah, in captain the reserves draw. as well, apparently. He did. yeah, yeah. And um, Hackett Fairchild played as well, scored. Yeah, so, get off the mark, mate. Yeah, that. yeah. so, you know, in in that sense, it, it's positive again, you know, but but what more back is, is going to be really important. I think I said to you, you know, on Saturday that him and Burge could form a really good partnership again. I feel like Burge is capable of doing that. He's stepped up and proven himself again. I know people have uh, hated on Burge a bit and some people still do, but ultimately I think he's done a great job since coming back into the team and you know, I, I think it could be a good thing with him and what more. So, Mate, if, if this is the thing, right? If Jack comes back to his best um, or even 80% of his, his playing from before until he gets up to speed, yeah, yeah. we've got a, a great centre-back partnership there yeah. in the fact that we know they can play together. It's just a case of not relying purely on Jack coming back to his best because you can't, after someone's had that knee surgery, you can't just expect them to be that. You can't, because this is such an opportunity for us to get promoted, you yeah. can't put all your cards down on, all your money on that one player who's oh, no, come back from a crucial in- no. injury. It'd be no. stupid from a business perspective to oh, do no, that. Of course you can't, but I think, you know, one more centre-back coming in, yeah. you know, and I'm going to say it, but, you know... I think Raggett is a back yeah, centre back and the pressure's not on him as much, you know. I, I think that's fine. I'd I'd feel comfortable with that, you know, and, and, and he makes the odd, you know, substitute appearance or if someone gets injured I don't mind him stepping in for a couple of games, you know. I mean suspension, he, that if kind he of can thing. Kind of put in the performance that he did on Saturday, then you know, that's fine. I'm happy with that. But unfortunately we've seen it a few too many times that he's not gonna put that in week in, week out, I don't think. So it's not but it's not um it's not consistent enough. No, that's no. and therefore I think that person we need to bring in, if they're going to ever play, you know, give Burge and Watmore a rest and go with Raggett and the other centre-back, I think he needs to be a bit of a better quality than Raggett. Mm. So I think that's important. Mm. We'll see We'll see if we can get a, a defender. And if we can't, you know what we're doing, people. Pitchforks, yeah. torches, <laughs> yeah. Fratton Park. We're no, making our voices heard. Another January disaster if we don't really, isn't it? To be honest with that's me. it. I'll make a banner... A flag. I'm sure uh, KJ will be uh, coming out and saying, don't worry, we've got Ollie Hawkins. Oh. Uh, <laughs> James Bolton can play centre-back. Yeah, that's it, natural. Yeah. 
Uh, even Seddon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You can do some good crossing from centre-back, mate. Yeah, mate, perfect. Or the perfect long ball over the top, mate. That's the one. Bit of whip on it. Do you reckon? Yeah, over the top of the centre-back, they lose the ball. I'm all about that, mate. I reckon Harness can slot in. <laughs> Imagine you'd go missing, mate, wouldn't they? Oh, all right, let's get into it. Let's have a little think. Um, we've got Bolton coming up. We have. Yep. We've got Lincoln after that. Is that right? Yeah, Lincoln away, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we've got the crucial match against Sunderland, or is there a game in between that on a Tuesday? Barnes, oh no, Barnsley then Sunderland. Sunderland yeah. Twenty-four pound a ticket, Matt. Are you happy with Barnsley? No, not at all. It's absolutely shocking. Uh, haven't that looked down the road? Um, tenner, tenner. Yeah, I mean, I know, Spurs that, I know well. that's encouragement to try and get some fans in there, but I mean, yeah, come on, yeah. you know, ridiculous. You can't charge twenty-four. Quid. How much was it at Fleetwood? Do you know? Uh, Ten quid. Ten it was. quid, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, Apparently gave Barnsley 2,000 tickets. It's a whole Milton in then, yeah. Roughly. Yeah. So Not really quite, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apart from like, yeah, like two corners, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so Barnsley are going to bumble down. It'd be interesting to see. I would just, out of interest, I had a little look on the Pompey... Um, ticketing website to see how many season ticket holders have taken up their seats in the front end not as many as you would think or actually you might think they would I don't know there's a load of load of seats in the front yeah. and end of the back rows of seats Matt still have not been taken up by season ticket holders I know they said 7,000 odd have been taken up okay. um, but there's still a lot of seats if it was a a cheaper game I think they would have sold those seats yeah, out yeah, already definitely definitely mm. yeah. yeah anyway we're just, just going to have a think about Bolton mate Okay, yeah, well... Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. As I said, mate, the powerhouse of League One. Bolton, we saw them at Pompey, though, didn't we? Yeah. Underestimate them at your peril. <laughs> because uh, they have... Uh, uh, man. Bolton had our number, mate. They could have won that game. Yeah. Are we I a different team now? I think we're a massively different team now. A massively different team. And we're, we're playing a completely different way at the moment. You know, and and... I mean, I'm sure you'll tell everyone in a minute, but the the past six results haven't exactly been outstanding, stand out to anybody. And their last victory out of those six was actually against Southend, who I don't, you know... They're not even a team, are they? Well, might as well not be the way they've been this season. They're absolutely irrelevant, so... Southend are absolutely awful, aren't they? I mean, the one game I suppose you could say that stood out a little bit for them was... um, they scored three at home to Burton, but still ended up losing. Yeah, let's go through their results recently. So, uh, one, two, three, four. Last six games, as Matt mentioned a minute ago, they won 3-2 at home to Southend. Yep. Well, if you don't win that, you might as well pack your bags and just not play the rest of the season, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, they've even got a couple of old-school players that, you know, you'd expect to still be able to beat a Southend team that have just got... Near enough, no one. Sorry, Southend United fans, if anyone's listening. <laughs> no, it's only Shrewsbury fans that hate us, Matt, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Salop cast are not fans of us now, apparently, after us not giving them the respect they deserve. Shrewsbury, apologies, poor boys. Sunderland, <laughs> they drew no no way at Sunderland. Well, having everyone this That's about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Standard result. Sunderland just let you turn up. Yeah. Just kick the ball around and don't score. Unfortunately, they've got a bit, a bit of a bit of a run now, haven't they? Yeah. Dickheads. Yeah. Um, then they played uh, Shrewsbury, our biggest fans, and they drew one at home, but they got a player sent, sent off. Sent off, yeah. That's yeah. the right result. Um, they lost 4-3 to Burton. Yeah. Again, 
But then Burton have, have jumped into the playoffs, haven't they? So have they? Yeah. Where are they now? I don't uh, think they have. Six. Let's have a look. Let's have a look, mate. Unless I've got it is very, wrong. it is very fluid. I thought they were like twelfth, though, mate. No. But it is very fluid from bit to bit. Oh, Let's I'm have a sure look. They've been on a run recently. Sixth. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Game in hand, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Matt is right. So they're into sixth. Thing about thing about them, though, mate, as well, is that Bolton maybe they would have smashed them because they had a player sent off. No, I'm taking the well, piss. I think uh, I can't really remember, but I think that actually, funny enough, Bolton went actually went. 2-0 up, I think. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh. Where is it? Let's double check this, because I've just obviously... Yeah, they went 2-0 up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they scored one in the dying moments. Yeah. But they got to play itself for 49 minutes. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's not that's a bad result. Then so then they played Rochdale. They lost away at Rochdale 2-0. Which is a shocking result, really. And then they lost to Lincoln in the last game, 5-1 away from home. And no player sent off there. No excuses. They've got to play us, and then they're going to go and play away at Shrewsbury again. Yeah, which so, is a tough place to go. Shrewsbury are very good at home. Yeah. Very defensive. Very difficult to break down. Yeah. Um, intense media. And basically, we've got them now, Matt. It's about, it's about 2,000, is it about 2,000 fans travelling up there? Near enough, yeah. yeah. I think the last I heard was about 1,700, 1,800. Yeah. That was a couple of days ago. I imagine if, if everyone goes up on the day as well. I was looking into the stats and usually I try and break down uh, for the listeners who's playing well, what's going on, etc. with Bolton. They don't really have a particular style of play that I think that they're particularly strong at. They play um, a 4-1-4-1 formation um, with uh, Liam Bridcut playing a holding midfield role. He'll just try and look to slow down um, our attackers, stick on people like John Marquis, stop them wandering through the middle. You know, he's actually not a bad player. I think I actually quite like yeah, him. Yeah, no, I do. And he's he's played for some aura clubs. He had a stint at Brighton as well in the championship. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's an all right player. But, you know, funnily enough, what we were talking about with, with that formation as well is it's supposedly their strongest formation, but they've actually only won once mm-hmm. playing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know... It sort of says a lot about them as a team, really, doesn't it? They're there for the taking again. Yeah. We need to go out there and make a statement, really. You know, we, we really do this time. And I, I think we, we should, you know, given if we if we actually can, you know, put in a decent performance, we should really get a good result up there. Yeah, and obviously the goal machine for them. In fact, the only player who's scored any significant amount of goals for them uh, is Daryl Murphy with seven goals up front, Matt. How do you view Murphy? Do you think he's a dynamic striker you should be worried about? He's won a lot of balls in the air for them this season, for instance. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, what is he? He's, I think he's, he's 36. 36. Yeah, he's 36 he years old, Matt. But I mean, I'm, I think he's one of those players, unfortunately, you can't just sort of, you know, leave him because he's old and, and not think that he's going to do anything. He's still that got that sort of finishing ability in the box when he when he's the ball's good in the around. air. Yeah. He sort of. Um, He's good in the air. He flicks the ball on for other players. He's got two assists this season. Yeah. They then tend to play it back to him to tap him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's dangerous in the box. He knows where the goal is. But I, I think ultimately, really, we should just be putting him out of the game. Burge just needs to sit on him, mate. Yeah. Burge needs to sit on it. Um, he, he wasn't tracked back at all. His passing's poor, in my opinion. Yeah. And he's just a big lump up front. Yeah. He's a big lump up front. Uh, looking at their assist leaders uh, for the season so far, um, they've got uh, Dudu. 
Yeah, Joe Dodo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, formerly he's had a stint at Rangers and he was yeah. Leicester as well. Yeah, so. three goal, three assists for them this season. There's not really much more really to break down for you, Pompey fans, if I'm honest. Um, apart from they play a really defensive holding system and they still concede absolutely shitloads of goals. Yeah. Um, don't worry as well if they do do go one nil up, they actually can't hold on to a lead either. No, they're poor at holding on to leads. Um, if you look at when you look at the stats though, and you try and break down in particular what are their weaknesses. It's quite hard because they've got a lot of them. They can't finish, which you saw at Fratton Park. A good team would have put us to the sword. It could be three now. Yeah, yeah. Um, they foul people all the time in dangerous areas. Yeah. Luckily, Pompey are excellent at direct free kicks. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't have said that a few weeks back, but I, we, we've said them now. There, I, I feel like we're a lot more dangerous. Well, yeah, indirect ones, corners, etc., crosses. But you know, I still wouldn't have anyone who can bloody shoot, do we? Well, no, no, not not from distance anyway. No. Which has been a Lee Brown season. Lee Brown need him back. <laughs> no. And then uh, they can't defend against uh, any sort of skillful players and so their marking is awful. They need to get on them. They need to run at them. Let's just get the ball forward. We, Pompey's away form has been awful. I think we're 17th in the, in the away form table last time I saw yeah. and second in the home form table. So we need to really break that dark. Let's come you've on. Got, let's you've do got to this go now. into this game positive. You yeah. can't go up there and go, well, the, it, it, it could be this. It could. No, you've just got to get out there, play with some positivity, get out of them and that game will be dead by half time yeah and Matt let's go into it then let's I think score prediction time what do you think who's going to score who's your players to watch I mean if it, if it went if it went my way and it went right this is me being a positive Pompey fan 4-0 and, and I know I'd be delighted with that I'd, I'd walk away with that happy but Pompey recently 2-0 in reality I think we're, we're walking and again you know it's three points you know I'm not going to argue with it but it goes back to what I was saying earlier we just haven't really got that sort of killer instinct at the moment and hopefully that will come but for the time being I'm going to go 2-0 and I'm going to say that I think Curtis again is the player to watch he has been really since before Christmas Harness, he looks like he's back on form again and he, he's doing things confidently, like that pass, he scored that goal, he took that really well, hit a shot that, like, I think you said that uh, it didn't really look that close and you sort of look at it at one angle, it doesn't, but he, he's still, you know, it was positive, you know, it was a drilled shot, it, it could have flown in the top corner on one day. Marquis so. to start at 10 or Cannon to start at 10? Personal preference, Cannon. I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed watching him again on Saturday's performance. He's professional. He gets on with the job and, and he gets it done. Um, and again, the assists as well. But I think, you know, I wouldn't be disappointed if Marquis did start at the moment. But I think... I think he'll be brought on. That's my feeling. I think feelings. he will be brought on as an impact, you know, maybe to hopefully kill a game off if, if it is 2-0. You know, that'd be perfect. Bring yeah. him on and hopefully we can get a couple to then actually put him to the sword. No, I agree. I think that's true as well. Um, I don't think there's much else to to work on the lineup. Who to start in the middle? Does um, does McGee hold his place in central midfield? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I definitely think he will do. And obviously, Tom Naylor stays where he is as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we sorted that out then. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to go with. I'm going to say three now, Pompey. Okay. Yeah, that middle ground. I'm tempted to say 3-1 because we always seem to con- concede a goal. We do. Yeah, we do you know what? 3-1 Pompey, right? 3-1. Okay. 3-1. I think Bolton are pretty Late awful, goal. but they will just tap one in at some point. Late. It's just one of those switch things. Off. Pompey switch off. 
and then people will be like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> 89 minutes. 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Don't put that curse on it again, yeah. 3-1, <laughs> on. Curtis, Harrison, and McGeehan. Okay. Getting his first goal. first goal for the club, okay. Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. You, he's he's said them to get an assist from a corner. So, yeah, okay. There you go. That's my betting, set, That's my betting strategy. That's going to be goal then, I take yeah. it, yeah. All right, like it. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's, let's see, see. Eh? Right, Matt, it's been great having you back on the podcast. Yeah, it's been great to be back. Thanks for having me, mate. Nice one, mate. Um, all right, Pompey fans. So, um, yeah, do us a favour if you want to and um, hit subscribe, what you're listening to, hit like on Spotify. Do all those nice things to help us out. Give us a good review, five stars, blah, blah, blah. Helps other Pompey fans find us. Um, and until next time, play out Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!